You are Locked On Wild, your Minnesota Wild every day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello, I am your host, Joe Bully of ZoneCoverage.com, and with me is Tony Abbott of The Athletic Minnesota. Uh, pardon all the, uh, the pleasantries here, but we've got breaking news. The Minnesota Wild have traded forward Jason Zucker to the Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for forward Alex Galchenyuk, prospect defenseman Kalen Addison, and a conditional first-round selection in the 2020 NHL entry draft. An absolute gigantic deal, finally, that uh, the Minnesota Wild have gotten for Jason Zucker. Tony, your immediate reaction. Three little words. Holy crap. (laughs) Three words. Uh, My God. (laughs) <laughs> uh, no, this is obviously uh, this is obviously a really big trade. Uh, this is uh, Jason Zucker has been a foundational player for the Minnesota Wild for the last uh, half decade now. Ever since uh, he started getting regular minutes with the Minnesota Wild, he has kind of been on the chopping block in terms of guys who are most likely to be traded for about a year now. They tried trading him four times. Uh, this is is the time that it worked, but the previous three. It seemed like they were going to uh, let him go for significantly less value than he's worth. I know that our friends at Evolving Hockey would say that he's super underrated. Uh, Josh and Luke, the twins uh, Mm -hmm. of Evolving Wild, uh, would say that he's very underrated. And I would agree that he's very underrated Uh, around the league. He is not he's more than just a former 30 goal scorer. He's a guy who drives offense for you. He's a guy who generates expected goals like crazy maybe a little right. bit less this year i don't know exactly what was up with that um whether it was declining performances from guys like eric stahl or the lack of a uh, mikhail granlin in the fold as opposed to last year or whether he was hurt he, he did break his leg and uh and you know he kind of slumped once he uh once he came back for the most part he uh he wasn't uh exactly his normal self so uh, maybe a little bit of a step back this year, but still a really good player, uh, really good human too. Like everyone said, everything mm-hmm. nice about it, and we'll we'll get to that a little bit later. But yeah, this is a this feels like a big seismic trade. Everything as big as uh, every bit as big as Nino last year, as Granlin last year. Absolutely, this is uh, the first big trade for Bill Guerin. Uh, certainly putting his stamp on the Wild here. Prior, you know, few but really a few weeks before the trade deadline. Um, I know we talked on, I think it was the uh, Locked On NHL podcast, as well as our own show for Monday, kind of talking about what's really going to happen. Are they going to kind of stand put? They didn't. And uh, the news actually broke uh, about 7.20 p.m. Central Time on Monday night. And uh, it seemed to make waves through the Minnesota Wild fandom, as well as uh, uh, Pittsburgh, too, uh, you know, Pittsburgh was certainly looking for a player to replace an injured Jake Gensel. And, uh, and the big thing is, is really like, he's going to go to Jason Zucker's going to go to Pittsburgh and he's probably going to thrive. <laughs> it's going to be kind of crazy. And, uh, um, it certainly is going to be missed, I think, around here in Minnesota. But one of those things was, uh, I think I was kind of shocked to see that it came you know, today I was expecting it to kind of be more on the run up to the, uh, the trade deadline itself. But uh, this kind of feels like you said, like Charlie Coyle or Nino Niederreiter, where it seemed to happen really early in February, uh, late January, obviously we're in February now, but 
it certainly uh, kind of has that same feeling like a big shakeup is, is happening. And, and uh, overall, what was your initial thought to what the wild received? Joe, I thought that it was about as good as we were going to get from Pittsburgh. Uh, And in fact, I I think it's a pretty good haul in return for the most part if you had to trade Jason Zucker for futures, which is probably the right way to go. You don't want to trade him for uh, a lateral move necessarily getting back an equivalent player of about equivalent age. I'm not into that at all. So they went the futures Mm -hmm. route, which is something they did not really do last year with uh with any of Correct. their moves even the even the kevin fiala one you know fiala was somewhat established they got their top prospect in a weak system but still kaylin addison was ranked a uh i think he was ranked 52nd by Corey Prahman in his mid-season rankings so mm-hmm. he's a legitimate prospect 17th ranked among defensemen uh at the mid-season rankings so i think that's good to uh to be able to get pittsburgh's top prospect um, I, I think you kind of had to do that to have any sort of chance at winning the trade. And the first round pick, it, it is going to be a low first round pick next year. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's an awful thing. We'll uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. And then, uh, of course, there's uh, Alex Galchenyuk, who has kind of been in the rumor mill when it comes to the Wild for the last, I don't know how many seasons. seasons. Yeah, it, it seems to be like an on and off thing. I'm not high on Alex Galchenyuk. I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I'm not high on him. I, I don't think he's a very good player, but I think he's just a, a throw-in to make the money work for the most mm-hmm. part. And if he works out here, if he shows something, like maybe you sign him to a show me deal. So I, I thought it was a I thought it was a solid move, understanding that, you know, you're trading away a player who was under contract for three more years and, and who was Probably a real good bet to get you some uh, good value for the next three years. Yeah, Jason Zucker was certainly one of the Wild's best and top Wild. Or, um, certainly one of the best and top Wild trading assets in, in this year's trade deadline, or really probably going forward into the offseason if they went that route too. Uh, so he's certainly got value there. Uh, the Wild tried to trade him, I think, up to three times that we know about last year, and ironically. Galchenyuk was actually acquired by Pittsburgh via the Phil Kessel trade that came right after Kessel vetoed a trade for Zucker to come to Minnesota. Yeah, Alex Galchenyuk was the uh, the consolation prize for Zucker, and that did not work out. Now, uh, now Minnesota has the consolation prize for Zucker. Uh, but <laughs> uh, I, I, I think they did well. I think we should talk about that uh, maybe a little bit later. Yeah, absolutely. Um, overall... You got a pretty. Uh, is your, do you have a pretty positive outlook over this deal, or are you kind of still like waiting for things to be seen? I am cautiously optimistic about uh, about this okay. deal. I like this deal a lot better than the other three deals that uh, that they made or were going to make for yeah. uh, Jason Zucker, and I like this better than uh, than certainly the uh, the Nita Rider trade from last year. Yep, and uh, and better than the uh, Quail trade. Okay. All right. We got plenty more to get into. Uh, We're going to take just a quick pause. We'll get right back in to uh, the breaking news of the evening. Jason Zucker has been traded by the Minnesota Wild of Pittsburgh for Alex Galchenyuk, a 2020 first round pick and defenseman prospect, Kalen Addison. You are listening to Locked on Wild. Welcome back to the program. It's Joe and Tony here for Locked on Wild. We're going over the 
breaking news of Jason Zucker's trade to the Pittsburgh Penguins. And uh, we're going to go over and get a little more in depth with what the wild got in return. Uh, Let's start with Alex Galchenyuk. I know you on a recent uh, solo show, Tony kind of went uh, as it named him as a player that the wild should kind of stay away from. Uh, I'm curious to see if you, still hold those opinions as well as uh, kind of what your overall opinion of, of Galchenyuk is uh, I think, as a return. Oh, I think Galchenyuk's still bad. He's not a good NHL player. He has been below replacement value for the last four seasons now. Uh, and this year, his his counting numbers have completely collapsed, just five points. And what was it, Joe? 12 assists? Yeah, five goals, twelve assists for seventeen points in forty-five games. Real awful. Not uh, not great. Not producing offensively, which is especially concerning because like Pittsburgh is like a place where like Brian Russ can be like a forty-goal scorer or whatever. Right. Uh, where Jake Gensel, a third-round pick, can come out of nowhere and be one of the uh, one of the best goal scorers in the league. So so much so to... that they've missed him in order to make this trade. Mm-hmm. So. When you are looking at uh, at Galchenyuk not flourishing in Pittsburgh, that uh, that makes my alarm bells go off. He is absolutely brutal defensively. He is one of the worst defensive players mm-hmm. in the game. He's he's Phil Kessel level defense, and his offense, you know, it was good in Montreal at least for a few seasons, uh, mm-hmm. where you know he was he was, I, I think he had at least one thirty goal season. He and, did one thirty goal season, and he broke. Uh, 50 points and he had some good offensive impact early on in his career, but that has gone away and it's gone away in Montreal. It wasn't very good at the end there in Montreal. It wasn't good at all in Arizona and it is not good in Pittsburgh. And I don't know what happened there. I I don't know if he, you know, got some sort of injury along the way or if something happened, but he just is not very good. He he's someone that you maybe want out there on your power play, but that is it. Yeah, the um the numbers haven't certainly been great. Um and by the way, uh per Michael Russo of the Athletic, he's also saying that Galchenyuk is expected to make his debut against Vegas on Tuesday and that Boudreaux is likely going to slide him into Zucker's second line left wing spot. I don't know I don't know if I'd necessarily put him right there right away, but it's one of those things. Maybe you can at least uh, get hit something, maybe get that offense going early. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he, uh, how he comes over to the wild and kind of, uh, I guess, performs in, in a new lineup. Um, it certainly isn't the first time he's been traded. And one of those things where uh, he hasn't really been great. You talked about his numbers. It has, he had that one thirty goal season and, uh, defensively he's going to be a mess i have i have a feeling that that second line uh deployment by boudreaux is going to be short-lived i mean it is possible that you know it could click there especially with minnesota being as good as they are defensively but i i think the odds are generally against it but theoretically you know he could boost his stock over the next two weeks and, and show something really good and Minnesota might be able to flip him for something. I don't know if that is going to happen. I don't know if it's worth signing him to a show-me contract. I suspect that's not going to be the case because the whole point, at least as long as Michael Russo's, I guess, suspicion, uh, belief that the Wild are 
were so intent on trading Zucker to make room for Kirill Kaprizov next year, it kind of doesn't even make sense for them to re-sign Galchenyuk to a show-me deal even. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I suspect that his his uh, tenure here is going to be short-lived unless he absolutely kills it. And even then, I would not advocate signing him to anything more than a one-year deal. Uh, correct. He is a unrestricted free agent after this season, and the Wild essentially own nothing now. Uh, it frees up, what did you say, roughly $16.6 million the next three years of yeah, cap space? Yeah, 16.5 in cap space, 5.5 per year. Yeah, uh, pretty big numbers going forward if the Wild are looking to try to keep the uh, this rebuild relatively short. Uh, I know Craig Leopold is is probably not got the appetite of a long, lengthy rebuild, but uh, this kind of move can free up some cap space to, to, to kind of accomplish that. There's certainly more moves that need to be made. But uh, this can this can help, uh, especially when you've got uh, uh, a Russian winger coming over as well, or like free up you know free up cap space for you to do what Carolina did with uh, Patrick Marlowe in Toronto last year, and mm-hmm. be able to get another draft pick uh, by taking on a salary for a year. That's another possibility that can happen with the uh, cap space. It's not just so you can go out and throw it at uh, that at whatever aging free agent happens to hit the market this summer. Okay, moving on to the uh, the prospect that was acquired in this deal, Kalen Addison, from uh, originally uh, born in uh, Brandon, Manitoba, which if you've ever been to Brandon, it is a town plopped in the middle of a wheat field, which is why their team name is called the Wheat Kings. But uh, they are, uh, he plays currently for the Lethbridge Hurricanes, and uh, they, uh, he was drafted in the second round in 2018 uh, by the Pittsburgh Penguins. And uh, what can you tell us about Kalen Addison? He's immediately Minnesota's best offensive prospect. I can tell you that. Uh, I think it was Manel before. That's what I would have said. You could sure. have argued, uh, you could have argued Belpedio maybe, but it was really thin on defense. So being able to get a guy in there who projects to be a top four defenseman who has a lot of offensive skill, I think that's really huge for the Minnesota Wild uh, to to be able to to get a guy like that in the system. Maybe he's not going to make an impact on the team for the next you know couple years, whatever. That's fine. You have Matt Dumba on the right side. You have Jared Spurgeon mm-hmm. on the right side. You have Manel coming up who can hold down a third pairing role. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any problem in in you know taking Addison's time and and waiting till he gets ready. And and I think that's you know it, it's just another. Uh, bullet in your prospect chamber, which sure. we we noted, I think it was last week, has been getting better and better. And yeah, you you love to you love to see more. You love to see yeah. more prospects. Addison is a right shot defenseman who scored. Has currently got forty three points in thirty nine games for Lethbridge. He had nine points of goal and eight assists in World Junior Championships uh, back in uh, in January. You know, end of December into early January. Uh, looks to be a, a, a gigantic power play quarterback at the NHL level. So he, this guy has got a ton of skill. He is a little undersized about five ten, but uh, that's kind of the way the league is going. Isn't it, Tony? Yeah, it absolutely is. You can, you can succeed in the NHL, even if you're not the most physical, even if you're not super good at defense, if you're able to move the puck up the ice, if you're able to, to, to be able to find guys in space and Addison is certainly smart enough to do it. I'm looking at, Corey Pronman's, I guess, gradings of his uh, his skills. 
Mm -hmm. uh, using the baseball 20 to 80 scale. So uh, 20, of course, being the bottom of the bottom, 80 being the top of the top, and and 50 being average, right? So he has Kalen Addison skating rated at 65, his puck skills at 55, his physical game at 30, so pretty bad, but his hockey sense at 65. Well, two things stand out to me. One, that package of skating, puck skills, and hockey sense, so that offensive package there, yep. that lines up exactly with Bowen Byram, the number third overall prospect. So Byram is clearly a better defensive defenseman sure. uh, than Addison, but Addison is a top-tier skating prospect right yeah. along with Bowen Byram. Yeah, Bowen Byram was actually paired with him at the World Juniors, I believe, or in one of the tournaments. Uh, so those two were paired up, so they are pretty familiar with each other. Uh, one thing that Scott Wheeler did in his prospect pool rankings is he noted – the uh the four-way skating ability of of addison so the guy apparently can is, is kind of almost uh, a strong skater like like a jonas rodin kind of was when he was coming up a guy can kind of skate just as well in pretty much any direction as uh as a normal skater would forward it's like that's what it sounds like uh he also had him ranked 21st on his final draft board so lots there to digest on, when, on Kalen addison for sure if i can add one more thing too oh yeah when you're when you're talking about your hockey sense being at, at a 65, so a high-end level for hockey sense, you know, you don't have to be the most physical defender in order to uh, play decent defense. You just have to be smart. You have to position yeah. yourself defensively. And, and God, like, who better to learn from than Jared Spurgeon? <laughs> right, yeah. In, in, in doing that. So I, I, I think that defensively, you know, maybe he won't be Jared Spurgeon defensively, but a puck mover who can get by in terms of being smart with his positioning, being active with his stick. I think that uh, that we already know from what Minnesota has that that is a template that can work. Absolutely, I'm. Ex- I do think that this is probably the big target of of the. Uh... Of the trade in itself, he is one of the top prospects, if not the top prospect for Pittsburgh, and uh, to to get that out of him for Jason Zucker, uh, along with uh, a couple of the other players, is is quite the get. I think it's a lot to be excited with the skill set and draft profile that Kalen Addison certainly has. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of draft, we're going to move on. The Wild also got a 2020 first round pick. It, it like like you noted that the uh, the pick is going to be probably a lower one uh, considering where uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins are expected to finish. But what do you think that means in general for the Minnesota wild? I think that's a good thing. I know that I know that the draft can be kind of a crapshoot and you are, you know, late in the first round. There's not a huge difference between late in the first round and say like the middle of the second round. But again, comes back to this. You're getting more bullets. You're getting more draft capital. You're getting more ammunition to use these uh, these picks on it, and not every prospect that you're going to get is going to pan out. But the more picks you have, and the more you know, higher picks, the more first and second rounders you have, the more likely you are to be successful. And right now, this this pick, if if, if everything ended today, which it's not going to, but right now that pick is on track to be the 28th pick in the draft. Yeah. Well, first of all. First of all, the Wild haven't had two first-round picks since 2011, <laughs> and that's pretty good. And Snack if Minnesota up. finishes uh, about where they finished last year, they're going to have three picks in the top 45 right now without trading anybody else. 
and that's real darn good. Yeah. And, uh, so just to give you an idea of who might be on the board, here are some guys last year in a, in a draft that isn't supposed to be as strong as this year's draft is. Here's some guys who went in between pick 28, where the Wilder are on track to be right now, and pick 42, where the Wild drafted in the second round. Ryan Suzuki, who's a top center prospect at Carolina, we yep. talked about him as being a guy who we might target and say a Jonas Brodin trade. There's Arthur Kaliev of Los Angeles, Ooh. who went 33. Real good offensive prospect, would have been an amazing fit here. Bobby Brink, who's having a successful season in college this year, uh, he went 34 to Philadelphia. Niels Hoglander, uh, who is is a, a prospect who stars absolutely blown up. Uh, we, uh, I mean, God, if Minnesota got Hoglander last year, they would be looking real good right now. He, he's made himself into a, a real fine prospect for Vancouver. So mm-hmm. there are guys who are, there are always guys who go in that top, the second round range, late first, that are are going to become good prospects and you just got to find them. Right. And I, I swear I read this somewhere, but somebody of note, and I can't remember, forgive me for, for, who originally posted this, but I swear I read that, that the depth of this draft extends past the first round, which again, you're looking at, you said three picks within the top 45. I mean, there's going to be some good players there. Now you can't go Zach Phillips on the bit, but uh, I think what's going to happen is that there's going to be some good players there for the taking. Another thing, going back to the Addison acquisition, bringing in another top right-handed um, shot defenseman into the system also alleviates some pressure to go defenseman heavy in this draft as well. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. You're right. All right. Um, I think there's a lot to like about this move. We're going to, after a long uh, segment here, we're going to kind of uh, go into our last break and we're going to get into kind of uh, what Jason Zucker meant to this team and just kind of paying our, our farewell to him as well. Uh, so let's get into our last break and then uh, we'll, we'll let you go. You are listening to Lockdown Wild. Welcome back to the final segment of Lockdown Wild. Again, we are going over the breaking news of Jason Zucker getting traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins. For Alex Galchenyuk, a 2020 first-round pick. And Kalen Addison, one of the top prospects of the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, farm system. And uh, pretty big news. I know it was kind of a shock to you, Tony, when we kind of talked, you know, uh, pre-production of the of the podcast. Kind of took it uh, kind of harder than, than I expected. But um, overall, Zucker's been kind of the good soldier. He's come up. Uh, originally with the uh, the Minnesota Wild as a second round draft pick, and um, you know he's been kind of one of the first guys that uh, we identified even back with our hockey wilderness days as a you know a player that uh, kind of got short shrift under Mike Yo and then really was unleashed under Bruce Boudreau and has been a really solid player ever since. Yeah, I want to I want to point out how just how good those first two seasons under Bruce Boudreau were. Uh, not only did he have that really fantastic run in 2016-17 where he was part of the best line in hockey with the uh, with uh, with Granlin and, and Koivu. I mean, obviously that was great and he scored 47 points, but that really undersells just how strong of a, an impact that he made, especially offensively. He was worth 4.5 wins above replacement, according to Evolving Wild's model that year. And the year after that, he was worth 3.7 wins above replacement. That is 
that's like what Connor McDavid puts in a season. And and Zucker did that, you know, not getting the most minutes possible uh in in especially in the 2016-17 season. Like mm-hmm. he was absolutely absurd uh in, in terms of of racking it up. In fact, those seasons are the second and third best seasons in Minnesota Wild history according to the the data that we have on wins above replacement. So absolutely great. And of course the 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 thirty three goal year. I hope that Zucker from a personal level is somewhat at peace right now because he has been in the rumor mill for the last twenty months, almost two years or so, pretty much from the moment that Paul Fenton stepped in to the office to the change in GMs to where he's at now. You know, mm-hmm. it 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 has to be hard on him, and we've talked about how you know his his family. He has family reasons for wanting to to stuck around here, and I hope that uh, that whatever you know happens there, he's able to find a solution that uh, that works for him and works for his family, uh, because you know that's that's a really an important thing, and that's kind of a. That's kind of a takeaway that I have of this trade too. Is that you know, players are people, and Absolutely. you know the, these last two years couldn't have been easy on him. Uh, he, you know, had some struggles in terms of shooting percentage last year, but I thought that you know he always played hard. Uh, I, I thought that he acquitted himself admirably, and of course, you know, just just memories of Jason Zucker. Being at, at at the top of his form too, like those are there with me, and I, and I will always appreciate the speed, the uh, the ability to score off the rush, and uh, just the. I really do think that he brought a level of, you know, very visible joy to playing <laughs> the game. Sure. Uh, going back to your numbers that you quoted earlier too, um, not only did he have those great seasons in sixteen seventeen. But he was also not only a member of, like you said, the best line in hockey that year, but that line also got heavy, heavy defensive deployment, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. It was and, one of the best defensive lines in, in the NHL. They were. Uh, it was the um, best defensive line. It, in the it was amazing, and the, what what they were able to do to turn offense or turn defense into offense was was a nothing short of fantastic because of what uh, him, Mikhail Granlund, and Miko Koivu were able to do that year. And a lot of that had to do it, it, exactly with the speed. It was Jason Zucker being able to create space uh, with uh, by stretching the defense uh, to to be able to be hit with a pass from either Koivu or Granlund. Like that was such a big part of why that line was so effective. Yeah. Jason Zucker is certainly uh, philanthropic within the community. I know him and his wife, Carly were uh, heading up the, uh, the found the give 16 foundation and the campaign to benefit the university of Minnesota's uh, Masonic children's home. Uh, they built a wild or Jason Zucker wild suite within the, um, uh, you know, it's like a broadcast suite within the Masonic home for, uh, cancer stricken or uh, just really ill children to, uh, to kind of record themselves. So they're kind of, you know, and, and make messages that their family can, can carry with them for years. Um, even if the, if the child survives, they can look back at that, at that, those years. Um, but uh, even more so for those families that did lose their children, like what, a, a supreme gift to have such a a place to have 
top-notch production of your child's maybe last moments or or um, last few moments on this earth to, to carry that with you. It's just a <clears throat> sorry, just one of those things that really goes a long way for for families of Minnesota and and those children as well. Uh, just a, absolutely f- a phenomenal um, campaign, uh, super philanthropic, and uh, well deserving of the, uh, the the King Clancy Award that he won last summer as well. Uh, I know it's more than just him. Uh, you know, he's just kind of the face of it. But uh, and a lot of hard work with people behind the scenes, uh, but uh, absolutely well deserved for for what he did uh, in Minnesota, and I think that's going to be a huge part that's missed here in Minnesota because as uh, as as the Minnesota Wild try to market players, there's nothing more marketable than somebody that that continues to be charitable and philanthropic in the community, mm-hmm. and you know it affected him too, like that he uh, he you know cared about that absolutely he he has he has it tattooed on his arm uh a, a quote from uh from one of uh one of the children uh that he was uh was with in in his uh his his work with the community so um absolutely a good guy absolutely a great player i think that he is going to have in in terms of uh in terms of you know being on the ice and playing i think he's going to have an absolute ball playing with either Sidney Crosby or Elfgeny Malkin i i think that he is going to be extremely successful i think that uh that he's going to have a lot of fun in uh, with a team that has Stanley Cup aspirations yeah we certainly wish him all the best of luck he was a Minnesota Wild first. We can claim that. We can claim some great years that we got to see Jason Zucker as a part of the Minnesota Wild. And uh, we certainly uh, want him to do well. And if he ends up winning a cup and he, uh, you know, just hope that he doesn't forget about uh, us Minnesotans that we're cheering for him as well. Because um, we certainly have been cheering for him. We wanted him to succeed. And uh, we now we might have to just wish for him to succeed from afar. And no matter what this trade ends up yielding for Minnesota, uh, whether whether it's a, whether it's a home run trade or not, I, I think that there's always going to be a part of me that uh, that misses Jason Zucker. Uh, there, there's there's not that many Jason Zuckers in the NHL. Uh, th- th- there aren't uh, in, in terms of in terms of you know being uh, being great on the ice, being great off the ice. Um, his interactions on Twitter with his wife are always funny <laughs> and good, and uh, and there's there's going to be a lot to miss. Yeah, he was certainly candid with the media as well. I know that uh, he's a player, that, a stand up player, certainly willing to stand up, uh, face the media, face um, just just kind of uh, whatever happened on the ice. He was certainly a leader in that in that locker room and was willing to to always be there for. Uh, as you know, whether it was the fan or, or the media or whatever it was that uh, uh, whether the game was a win or, or, or a loss, he just was always there too. just in a professional, you know, just a consummate pro. Um, and uh, certainly, like you said, going to be missed around Minnesota. Um, I know there's a lot of people that have a lot of Zucker jerseys that uh, are, um, are, are sad that uh, another one of their favorite wild players are gone, but such as life in, in the NHL and, and with the, um, 
with overall just kind of the business aspect of it. Um, this was a pretty solid move for the Minnesota Wild. And overall, one of those moves that uh, hopefully can uh, reap the benefits for the future uh, going forward for Minnesota. All right, Tony, I think that's going to probably do it for this episode. Uh, Again, Jason Zucker was traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins for a 2020 first-round draft pick, a defenseman prospect by the name of Kalen Addison from the Lethbridge Hurricanes, and for Alex Galchenyuk. Tony, you have any final thoughts? Nope. We'll just have more coming out through the week. Uh, we'll we'll continue to react to this. Uh, we're we're hoping to to be able to get in someone who uh, maybe knows a little bit more about these players than, than we do to uh, to speak for them. So uh, stay tuned for that. All right. Thanks, Tony. Uh, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at oh hi Tony. You can find my work at the Athletic Minnesota. You can find my work at zonecoverage.com. I'm sure uh, we already have an article up on the uh, on the trade itself. We'll have more articles uh, on the fallout here and the analysis and all that kind of stuff. So lots going on at zonecoverage.com. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at JoeBoo15. That is going to do it for today's show. If you like today's show, please hit subscribe so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode without having to do any work. Please leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at Lockdown Wild. You can also get in touch with us via email. Just email us at LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Lockdown Wild, and be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday because we are a daily podcast show to stay on top of everything revolving around your Jason Zucker News every day.